Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree, a former family caregiver. I've worked in the senior care industry for a bit and currently work for Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron. She's a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant, chief of operations for Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a former family caregiver, and she has over 30 years of experience in the senior care industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed here belong to Edith and I, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. So if you want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. Before you make any significant changes in your life or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're talking about keeping dignity with dementia. It's going to be a good conversation. We'll talk about it right after this. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, ADRC, has served as a Central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center. They are dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illnesses. ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skills, and strategies they need to help them confidently prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit the website adrccares.org. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helper's Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. We're back, and once again, we're speaking with the fabulous Beth Davalos, the founder and owner of Sunshine Senior Counseling. She's been a licensed clinical social work supervisor for over 30 years of social work. Um, She's worked with patients from the age of three to 104. She's done inpatient, outpatient, private practice in the hospital uh, in the United States and internationally. She's been on 60 Minutes, not once, but twice. And she can help anyone in the state of Florida through telehealth. And also in the central Florida area, you can find her at sunshineseniorcounseling.com. Beth, when we first started working together in the world of, of senior care, um, I, I know when I took care of my mother who had Louis body dementia, her horrible neurologist who we got rid of wouldn't wouldn't prescribe physical therapy because she has dementia and she's not going to remember anything. Now, I didn't know at the time that was a really stupid thing to say, but I will admit it kind of lodged in my head. And I'm not saying I did things wrong. I did the best I could with the information I had at the time, but I could see how I just kind of wanted to do the bubble wrap to my mom and just take over everything but that's not the case. And you provide counseling, even if they have a dementia diagnosis. And that really made a light bulb go off in my head and went, oh, oh yeah, they still have feelings and still can talk them through. And maybe their short-term memory isn't great, but if you make them feel better and give them some coping skills, then I think you've done a wonderful thing. And I was like, oh, now I'm all mad at that doctor all over again for <laughs> for not prescribing anything because she's not going to remember it. So what's the point? So talk to me about taking on a person living with a dementia diagnosis as a counselor. 
So, yeah, you know, that's the thing. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. And unfortunately, sometimes uh, the insurance does rule these things and, Mm. you know, doesn't meet criteria. But we do know that people with dementia, um, although it's really hard to retain new information, we can help change their affect and their mood. So if they're anxious, we can do things to help decrease the anxiety. Or if they're tearful or angry, we can implement things to help them for that moment. And sometimes they will, you know, sometimes they need prompts. Sometimes they are able, depending on the stage, they are able to retain it. And as you get into the later later stages, it is harder, absolutely. Um, but we learn um, some rituals or things that have been effective, and we try to repeat those for them. And that's great, especially if the caregiver learns them too, the care partner can do them as well and also bring that state of anxiety or whatever it is to a more calm place. Right, exactly. One of the more... Um Immediate examples of the ability to learn and retain is visit any assisted living facility or care facility Mm -hmm. that provides care to persons with cognitive changes due to some form of dementia and during mealtime and go sit in any chair and see what happens. Get out of that chair. It's mine. Mm. Right. So that's a learning. That's a piece of learning. Right. They learn. This is my chair. It happens. And it's especially the whole PT thing. You know how I feel Mm. about that. Yes. The muscles are still benefiting. Right. 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 And also, let's say um, I'm thinking of the miniature horse therapy going into uh, to memory care. Yes, they may not remember that particular visit, but I can tell you the mood has been lightened for the next three hours in that place because everybody was in a good mood. Yes. Yes. In the book, Still Alice, and everyone that watched the movie will forgive me. I read the book and didn't see the movie. But um, toward the end, Alice is looking at one of her daughters that she no longer connects as a daughter. and But she's thinking... I'm not sure who she is, but that beautiful young girl really makes me feel good. And that is so true, right? It's really how we make someone feel. Right. It really is, with or without some form of dementia. Amen. Amen. And so what I'm I'm seeing more and more, and, and especially in our language, uh, and you can talk about why we say care partner more than caregiver, or instead of person with dementia, a person living with dementia, but it's it's a person is not just their disease, right? And I think that's a big lesson to us all, you know, because it's oh, it's it's almost like it was thirty years ago. We couldn't say the word cancer out loud, you know. There's there's shame associated with this dementia diagnosis, but we have to remember this person is still there, even though they have changes going on in the brain that we have to be more in tune to making sure we keep their dignity. Right. And um, so we, we also know what they, who they are and what they used to love and bringing those and incorporating those more into their life. And music is a great way to do this. You know, if they love Frank Sinatra, yes, you're going to bring that Frank Sinatra in that song in. Um, And so you're, you know, you, you want to bring in things that they have previously done. They have brought joy to them or, or those memories and, you know, what you were saying before, Edith, about um, that person, you know, you know how they make them feel. Like, it's really hard. You, they, as a daughter, your mom might not remember you, but she does remember the feeling, you know? So it's kind of confusing. She does, so she has, you'll see her calm down when the child, when the daughter comes in sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that feeling, once again, that like a, like that inside of them knows what's, you know, that 
something inside. They just, you know, I just know my mom knows me because she didn't know my name, but the way she responded, she knows who I am. So we really want to connect with that soul of hers that that remembers her body, yeah. remembers her body, keeps the score. The body remembers that. Mm. Yeah. My mother-in-law once said to me about a year or so ago, when she was visiting her sister, who was going to die shortly from complications of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. disease, she didn't even know I was there. I said, yes, she did. She yeah. didn't know you, her older sister, was there, but she knew this really nice lady who knew her favorites and brought her those favorites. She knew you were there. She interacted. She smiled. She tried to speak with you. She knew you were there. Right. And, there's, and I think that's a pretty good distinction. No, she didn't know it was my mother-in-law per se or her sister, but she knew that someone kind and loving that cared about her was there. Right. And that's the core of dignity. We care about one another. Right. 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 Noticing your voice tone, the mm. way you speak to them. And, um, you know, as our, as our roles change and we become the parent and they you know, you're seeing like, I'm parenting them. They, they feel like my child. Just really noticing how it, you might feel that way, but they are still your parent. Yes. And you're you still have, an adult. <laughs> you yes. have to talk to them as they're your parent. Um, really checking in with yourself and noticing your own affect and how you're feeling and kind of like realizing that before you enter the room so that you can really be present for her rather than, you know, if you feel yourself getting elevated because you're in a hard moment, you know, are they picking that up from you? Is it your tone of voice? Is it how are you looking at them? So, you know, just addressing them as you might have addressed them a few years back. Correct. So they can feel a little bit more at ease because it is uncomfortable for, you know, hearing your do- your child talk to you like a child. But that's, yeah, that's not going to make anyone happy. No. One of the issues that arises is the concept of entering the person's world and the person, I mean, the person living with some form of dementia, entering their world. So when mom says, okay, I've got to go, I've got to go to work, um, the, the natural tendency is to say, mom, you haven't worked in 30 years. Well, now we're off to the races, aren't we? Yeah. But stepping into that and saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So mom, they called. I can't believe I didn't tell you. They called and the shift was canceled or they're closed, you know, for inventory, whatever would work for what she used to do. And I've had, you know, mm-hmm. care partners or other family members say, well, that's lying. There's no dignity in inciting the person to greater distress. I have to go to work. I've worked every day of my life and, and you know that. How am I going to feed you? And then now, now again, we've got this acceleration going on. There's no dignity in that. Giving the person what they need, that's where the dignity lies. Right. Being right where they're at, acknowledging those feelings, whether whether they're right or wrong, whether, you know, not correcting them, but saying, oh, yes, we're going to have to do that later on. We're going to, I'll get, you know, you could either, your thing or, oh, I'll go find you like a pretty outfit, you know. Right. So whatever right. it is, just right. join with them. Right. Just join. Right. You know, right. it's yeah. okay. And then go to the next topic. Right. Yeah. I really need your help here with this. You're so good at it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then you need to have something to do. Yes. (laughs) But, you know. And that was the hardest lesson with dementia for me was learning that I no longer get to be right and fighting my ego, which always wants to be right and prove my point and having to shut down that part over and over again. Because, you know, if the sky is purple, you're right. The sky is purple. 
And it's my job to make her feel comfortable and not be right. And such a lovely shade of purple it, it is. It is the best. Yeah. Let's find your blouse. But it's that also made something. dealing yeah. with normal human beings so much easier if I don't have to be right all the time. Yeah. I, I can just yeah. keep my mouth shut and right. just move right. on to another topic. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the other thing that other topics are super hard topic. It's like, what do you do if, the, if your loved one loses someone and there's a death in the family? Do you tell mm. them? Don't you tell them? Do you tell them they have dementia? Do you don't, you know, these questions that are hard to share, you know, and so most likely your loved one's not going to hold on to that information. Right. And so what is the purpose? And I know that, y- you know, you might feel guilty for not saying it, mm-hmm. but... Is that, are you doing it because you're feeling guilty? Do you feel like it's a, um, you have an ethical responsibility and really understanding um, the person that's living with dementia and how that's going to affect them and how they're not going to be able to process it the same way and really what is in the best interest of your loved one? Right. Yeah, exactly. What's in the best interest of that person? And that's, as Robin has pointed out, that can be really hard for a care partner. Yeah. You know, really hard. We One of the things that's the most difficult, I think, to learn is to set aside your expectations. We all have mm. expectations. And it's very hard to come away from those we have, especially for a parent or a spouse, right? You expect them to do certain things because they always have. And now those certain things are no longer there, but we still expect. So trying to set that aside, I think, is important. Yeah, and that's when you stop and really kind of notice what you're going through too and really noticing your own self-care that you need and your own losses that you're experiencing and get that kind of support so that you can cope with what is happening at this moment not what was happening previously and can we all say it together you can't do this alone yeah I don't care who you are. No, you can't. I don't care how much money you've got Glenn Mm-mm. Campbell's wife will attest to that yeah Kim, you must get help regular help um, that is help to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's going to be so much easier to keep the dignity with the dementia if you are in a good place and you are taking care of yourself. Because when you get exasperated, that's when it's like, Mom, come on, I'm just going to shower right. you and this is right. going to take 10 minutes instead of figuring out how to help her shower herself right. still, which could take 45 minutes. Right. I'm not going to give you a choice. Just put this red shirt on and call it good, right? Right. So, absolutely. absolutely. So talk to me about choices with dementia and keeping some dignity there that is um that's one of those maybe two to five minutes on top of the seven minutes for her to put the blouse on we give choice for every single thing you're taking your daily walk you want to go this way or do you want to go that way do you want the red shirt do you want the blue shirt we give the choice you want ham sandwich and of course or or turkey or soup It, it always helps to give visual now Right, because mm. early on, visual becomes very, very important. Well, I don't need to change my shirt. It's all dirty. Or, I mean, excuse me, right. it's, it's not dirty. And, of course, they've got food on it from breakfast. So we can say, okay, I, I, I want to take this nasty-looking shirt off my person. So you know what? We're going to do a little photo shoot, and this blue looks so beautiful on you, but the red looks really nice, too. Which one would you like to? So, again, stepping in and going with it, always, always, always give a choice. Not a yes or no choice. Mm-hmm. Not do you want to go for a walk. Right. It's which way <laughs> do you want to go on our walk, right? Right. So which color, which, which food, that kind of thing. 
So, Beth, when you've counseled someone who has a diagnosis of dementia, and I know not everybody is the same, but I'm kind of fascinated as to, I'm sure some of them realize what's going on and some of them don't, and how... So, yes, some realize and some don't, but I'm treating the symptom. Okay. So if the person's saying, I don't have dementia, but I have no idea what the date is. And I don't care, though, because I'm retired, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) So, okay. But you're having trouble remembering, you know, what time it is. So we're going to get a big clock for you. You know, it's going to have the time and the date. And so, or if they're, um, you know, whatever it is, if... Whatever the symptom they're presenting, if they're anxious, I'm going to work on the anxiety piece. I don't need to label it for them. I'm just going to work on whatever symptomology they're com- coming forward with. Got it. That's, I love that. And that, you know, you can still have these brain changes, but you still have emotions, which could be heightened because of the brain changes. And you've got someone to talk to yeah. and help figure mm-hmm. that out. Yes. And so, you know, and, and it, it is it is stages. And so... Um, we love it when we have that opportunity to talk to people about their diagnosis when they do understand it so they can dis- make informed decisions beforehand. And this is tough, tough decisions. But we want to be able to give them an opportunity to ask them certain questions and what kind of care do they want? Do they want to be at home? Do they want to be with their family? Do they want to be in an assisted living facility or whatnot? And so they can have, you know, but that's, you know, we don't want to decide for them if possible, but we could have a family discussion. And that's when like, it's helpful to have a trained person to come in and help the family with that, those pieces. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And, you know, somebody was telling me they were going to take their person with a dementia diagnosis to tour memory care. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, if you're going to give them a choice, it's going to be two. Do you like the ones right. with the blue paint or right. the or the gray paint? Right. But don't, right. <laughs> don't drag them all over town because that's going to be completely overwhelming. And that yeah. is, as Beth has said, so extremely individual. Might yes. work wonderfully for one person and be a real disaster for another. Yeah, that's you know? true. And it depends on the type of dementia that they've developed and where they are in their voyage. Right. right. There's so many factors. They may love the day out in the car and yeah. seeing different things. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's no one easy answer. Yeah, then there isn't. And that's what we have to remember. That's why any form of real intervention treatment is so difficult. Because yeah. even if we're looking at 100 people with Alzheimer's disease, it manifests differently in each brain. So... It does. It does. And so, you know, accepting support, accepting help, um, accepting someone else to help you with the shower and the ADLs and whatnot. And well, they can't do it as well as I can. Well, role model then. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, um, and so, and you do know your loved one more than anyone else. And, and to, you can make a list of directions or you can do a little video of what, of what it looks like, whatever, whatever it is to communicate that they can watch it. So you can, um, feel that they understand your person, not the other ones that they are helping, right? right? And so we can we can learn to trust and accept help, but to embrace it and to see what it looks like. And if you don't like that help, well, there's other help too, right? Yeah, yeah. One of our wives um, used words, socks, underwear, T-shirts on the dresser drawers. It worked beautifully until it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so then she took those down and put photos up of what was in the drawers. Okay. And that worked for a lot longer period of time, right? So 
giving your person what they need, again, to remain as dignified and independent as possible, right? Those kinds of things matter. They make a difference. It's not always the easy way, for sure. No, and it's not the fastest way. Right. And I, I have to say this. It's not the fastest way, but... Isn't it faster if that's that's a factor? Like, why are we rushing? But not having our person get upset, not mm-hmm. having them have a distressed response to their environment, that is a whole lot more beneficial than otherwise, right? Right. So. Trying to put things in perspective. What am I rushing for? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is really, okay, so I'm going to be 10 minutes late for this doctor's appointment that I waited for two months, and you know what? I'm going to sit there for two hours anyway. Right. <laughs> it's okay, or I'll <laughs> let them know I'm running late, and that's right. just really working on being in this very moment. What do I want this to look at, look like, um, and is this going to um, be helpful or hurtful, right? And so, like, I, I kind of think that, you know, as, as we go through this process, um, you know, we're thinking about whether it's self-care or helping someone else, um, are, is this helpful? Mm. Is this putting, you know, having, if we thought of it as a piggy bank, right? Um, if I do this, is it putting money in or putting money out? If I'm having these negative thoughts, is it helping me or is it hurting me? And really noticing our thoughts as we go through this because our thoughts will affect our behaviors, which affect our feelings, which affect our thoughts, which, you know, that's cognitive behavior therapy. But really, I mean, it's a powerful tool. And so um, whether it's fear-based or anger or sadness, um, wrapping our brain, noticing that and changing it and seeing what is more helpful. I love that. Yeah, I just... A very wise woman. Yeah, I <laughs> know. That's why we had her for bed. two podcasts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> her, Generous with the knowledge, yes. too. Yes, sunshineseniorcounseling.com, or you can give her a call, 407-401-9020. Of course, we'll have that in the comments for the podcast. Beth, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, and thank you both for everything oh, that you do. It's very you. important work. Thank you. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Informed Aging, and tell your family and friends about us, please. You can find us on Instagram at informed underscore aging. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. That's it for now. We're looking forward to our next visit.